welcome to the new episode of the Devo Team Cloud Lounge. Continuing our migration series and from what we saw in our first episode, I'm talking about how customers are migrating their applications to the cloud. We talk about an application which was developed by Devo Team Germany for a large or, uh, large organization from, from Europe who believes in creating expensive and luxurious products for its end customers. In this case, we're talking about an application that was running on-premise in Kubernetes clusters and was migrated by our team uh, on the screen that we have Robert today and to AWS using serverless. Welcome Robert to Cloud Lounge today. Yeah, hey Robert, thank you for the invitation. Thank you, Robert. Uh, pleasure having you. I know you've done some amazing work with customers in Germany and outside across EMEA. Uh, in this kind of a case, I believe one of the reasons that the customer wanted to move away from on-premise was to have a highly scalable solution for their end customers in a highly availability manner and also trying to reduce the costs for it. Now, what can you tell us about the application, what the <clears throat> services were, what kind of projects and services did you see for the customers during the assessment process? Yeah, so so let me introduce the, the system a little bit. Um, Please. So basically, so basically we have uh, one core service, which is the heart of the system. Um, it it's consists of an HTTP service, which is has a very complex business logic, and it really needs to be um, running 24-7 and um, doesn't allow any downtimes and failures. Mm -hmm. So really a, an important service. Um, second, we have the sync service, which is yeah, synchronizing data from an external data source to our local database. And it's also quite important because the database is, is the base for all of the, the complete business logic. Um, additionally, we have some simulation services for, for testing, for simulating campaigns. And also we have a front-end application, which is used by the customer directly for configuring purposes, for log visualization, also for testing and so on. And lastly, well, this is not really an application component, but it's, it's, it's database itself. And in our case, we have a Postgres database and it's really the most critical part because without database, um, our system does not work anymore. <clears throat> so was, was the customer using a post GRE SQL server in on-premise for this setup? Yes, so uh, okay. on, an, an own created, uh, Postgres database on their servers, yeah. Understood. So thanks for that. Uh, that was on the application side, but in a, in a, uh, from the infrastructure side of things, what all things that you assess in, in the discovery and assessment phase for the customer? Yeah, so the infrastructure looked already quite good. Um, it was also running for a few years in, in, this, in this mode. So it looked like, um, all the applications were running as Docker, Docker containers in a Kubernetes mm -hmm. cluster. And also we had, there were, were a lot of, was a lot of redundancy. So for example, for the integration environment and for the production environment, we had two um, complete uh, um, same clusters um, just for high availability purposes. And as you can imagine, this is, was not very cheap. And yeah, also for the CI CD part, we were sharing a Jenkins server with other teams and in other projects. Also, there was a, a harbor registry for storing Docker images, which was also shared by other, by other teams and was provided by the customer. And yeah, as already mentioned, the database cluster 
was also running on, on, on dedicated VMs and uh, yeah, was, was, was set up and operated by us. And yeah, so this was uh, really one of the pain points for us. Oh, I can imagine. Thanks for that, uh, Robert. Mm -hmm. I think uh, the infra looks quite good for an on-premise setup. So if you were doing something like this 10 years back, this was pretty good in that sense. But as the invent of cloud has come up, people are more moving to cloud native services, microservices, and even containers, for example, on, on the cloud. And Amazon has two services like EKS and ECS and Fargate as well in terms of how to get there. But uh, the, some of the work that I did, uh, research that I was doing for this project, we realized that uh, using some of the issues with scaling, the customer's shared resources were being used and the costs for running all of this on-premise was quite high. I think from the numbers that you, sh you shared with me, there has been a one-fifth of the cost of what the customer was actually spending on uh, premise versus on AWS. I think the numbers look somewhere between 10,000 on-premise per month, dollars per month, and on AWS, it is approximately 2,000. That's a really good cost saving for the customer in there. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. Now, again, from uh, the work that we have been doing for customers, my modernization via the process of migration is a great approach for customers to look at. And this is the kind of project that we want to look at. Now, in terms of the services that you used in AWS, what are the kind of problems that the customer had at the start and what, how did we actually solve them? Could you walk us through something on those lines, please? Yeah, for sure. So um, <clears throat> as already mentioned, we had a lot of redundancy and, 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 and high cost regarding the clusters. And also a lot of these applications were, were just running in idle mode because they were rarely used, for example, the simulation services and, and the front end. Mm -hmm. And this resulted in really high cost and unused uh, resources. And in this case, Lambda solved really all of these uh, pain points. So mm -hmm. Lambda is a serverless a serverless function, which is yeah, deploy, which is like a, a function as a service in the cloud, and it's running completely serverless without dedicated uh, servers. And yeah, I was also mentioning the, the CI/CD part. We had possibly long builds and, and interrupted builds because of other teams. And this was, was uh, actually eliminated by the code pipeline, AWS code pipeline, which, which was yeah. dedicated to us and is also running serverless. And yeah, also the Docker registry. <clears throat> we had a lot of connection problems. And now with Lambda, we don't need a, um, a Docker registry anymore, actually. And yeah, the most pain points, uh, as already mentioned, were actually the database because the database storage was not scaling automatically and we really ran into problems sometime. And also the patching of the database servers of the database engine was a real pain point, which was causing downtime sometimes. And also the setup and the, the maintenance of the, the database itself was, was, was really not nice. And all of these points, um, were resolved by using Amazon RDS. Nice. I think uh, RDS has gained a lot of popularity over the years. Back in the day when customers had to patch their database services, it was a nightmare for a lot of database administrators to not touch a database server. I think I was reading something uh, this morning and where they used to say, do not touch a running system. But I believe that you must touch a running system as well because you need to patch it, but do it in the right manner. Use more managed services like 
Amazon RDS or in a repeatable uh, manner as such, you could do that. What, what are the kind of other services? Would you like to walk us through how the AWS setup look like then? Yeah, sure. Um, so in this case, I, I just give you, we'll give you a brief high-level overview of our architecture. Please. So of course, we, had, we have used uh, a lot more AWS services like VPC and, and security groups and, and IAM roles, but this is not this is out of scope here. So this is, let's say, the high-level architecture. And you can see on the top left corner, we have the entry point for the clients, which is firstly secured by a web application firewall for security purposes. And yeah, in the light blue path, you can see the, the front end path, like which is uh, represented by a CloudFront distribution, yep. by an ALB and S3. And the other path is going to an API gateway and is calling the core service, which is our main service, as already mentioned. And, <clears throat> and also on the bottom, you can see that we have also some uh, event-driven architecture where we trigger um, some Lambda functions based on an event bridge event and read then read messages from message queue and write back to the message queue. So yeah, as you can see, the whole backend code um, is implemented and deployed as Lambda functions. So we have actually not one server running on our side. That's amazing. I think I have a question for you. In this case, you, cho you chose to use serverless technologies and Lambda function. Could you have also used any other microservices or containers services? Would you have done a container to container migration? Definitely, for sure. We, we were considering that. And I guess it would also have been easier to migrate because it was already running yeah. as a Docker image. But um, after some, let's say some sort a short investigation, we saw that that the Lambda approach was the perfect fit for our use case regarding the cost and the high availability factor. Yeah, <clears throat> I think that's really important why things. you're doing this and uh, having the yeah. intention of highly available and a cost-effective solution. I don't think anything gets uh, better than that. I think customer has seen some of the benefits in here and in terms of how they are running their infrastructure. So some of the AWS services that you mentioned about, I think they are on the screen, what you, what you used for this customer. We have spoken about this quite length. And all of these services are AWS native services. There is nothing which is a third party, like you could have used GitLab or GitHub, something for, uh, for CICD, but you, you continue to use code pipeline. So that is, that is quite brilliant. Could you could you tell us a little bit about the kind of monitoring and alarming those kind of things that you set up for this uh, for this project? Yeah, sure. Um, so regarding the alarms, for example, we also set up um, like like alarms with CloudWatch and SNS to to send email notifications in case of of errors, in case of unexpected behavior, and yeah, all of this is also done serverless. So you don't need to provide any servers or any any listeners, whatever, you just configure your alarms and you're ready to go, which is really amazing. It is, and it is, I agree. And and to, am I correct that your team did the entire infrastructure build and the backend development of the application as well? Because I'm guessing there would have been some changes to the application code to allow it to work it if with Lambda. Was that also done by your team? Exactly, so this was our full responsibility. And actually there was not, a lot to do, but but yeah, you need to adapt your, your code a little bit to work to work with Lambda. But uh, this was a let's say a really easy refactor. 
Oh, that's this is brilliant. I think uh, one of the things uh, customers do look for when they when you talk to them about a re-platform mm-hmm. is a re-architect is that we don't have access to the code developers. We don't have uh, access to the people who wrote the code. We don't know what exists. And going back to the line, why it disturbs something when it is running. But when you are talking about innovation and modernization of your infrastructure, then you need to touch something which is even running because it's not fit for future or it's not fit for a business uh, driver in that sense, I believe. Uh, a question for you, do you, do you know, the was there a customer involvement? Did you use customer's help to understand the application or was the majority of work done by you, uh, by our team itself? Yes, the, the customer of course needs to support us understanding the business logic itself, but regarding the infrastructure, we, we came actually up with the architectural approach and then perfect good good to hear that i think uh, some of the achievements are are, are on the screen there has been a, a lot of debate internally and a big success story for this large uh, enterprise from from germany and a, a customer who is such a end user and a kind of a b2c model and some of the achievements that we see on the screen uh, we can the customer had more highly available infrastructure the cost reduction was approximately 80% down and we saw the kind of uh, cost for lambda was approximately $20 per month imagine the costs uh, coming down there scalability uh, lambda does provide 1000 concurrent connection executions there is there has been a database storage the, the database performance with rds increased as well and because of the fact that we were using more managed services there was not things for us to manage, not to patch AWS did it uh, did it on its own. And sustainability, because a core theme of anything that we do is using sustainable IT on-premise versus AWS. This is a far more sustainable solution. And I think we saw 95% powered by renewable energy in 2021. Again, very good achievements in there. Thank you, uh, Robert, for an amazing piece of work. I really hope that we are able to name the customer one day and uh, folks can understand, but then in case uh, you'd like to reach out to us, not asking the name of the customer, but then we can talk you through a little bit of demo around it. So, how customers can get started with this? We've got a in we in Devo team has a migrate to modernize offering. We were AWS's a migration partner of the year 2021, and a lot of work is uh, alluded to the fact what the kind of work Robert and the rest of the team in France, Germany, Belgium, Italy, and in the UK are doing. We have a migrate to modernize offering wherein we provide, do a workshop with your with your teams, uh, give you a report at the end of it, giving an explanation of what is the right path for you to move to AWS. The migration plan uh, and the cloud strategy are aligned and taken into consideration when we write this report. So it's not report about what we think uh, is right to do. It aligns with your business drivers and goals. On that note, Thank you so much, Robert. Thank you for joining us from a cold uh, day in Germany. UK is also cold <laughs> today, so not much of a difference. But I hope to be having you more on the cloud lounge very soon. And uh, we look forward to having a public case study with this someday. Yeah, thank you for having me here. It was a nice session. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Robert. Goodbye.